story of the week again is inflation that continues to remain extremely elevated. And at the same time, markets pricing in a more hawkish Fed with the odds of 100 basis point height for this month going up this week. But equities are cruising through it. And we're still strong on this Friday morning. Let's bring in Brian Barish rejoining us from Cambiar Investors, the CIO and president. Brian, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So walk me through the way you're thinking about this. Uh, what's the best explanation uh, for this week's so resilience in the equity market, despite surprisingly high inflation numbers? Um, I, I think the best explanation is that we've probably seen the worst inflation print at, at 9% um, earlier this week. Uh, you know, we know energy is a big part of the current inflation, at least in terms of the headline numbers. Uh, oil prices are down. Refining margins are down. Transportation uh, costs have been another uh, big part of it in terms of like truckers and, and, and related costs. Um, trucker availability is all of a sudden a lot better. The ports are, are, are getting um, materials through. So you're seeing evidence, it's still early, but you're seeing evidence that um, you know the inflation problem is getting dealt with by the supply side. It's gonna take a while, but if we've seen the peak number, um, that's very encouraging. Okay. So what is the confidence uh, level we should have that that crude price drop will transition the way we hope into inflation? Is it science or is it art? Um, it, it's a bit of science. Uh, you, know, the, you can do the math very quickly in terms of the, the crude price impact um, on CPI. And you know, it's, it's about a third the food and energy, about a third um, rental cost, and it's about a third uh, everything else in terms of the overall composition of, of the CPI. So in other words, if crude went flat from here and food prices went flat from here, you'd have 6% CPI, which is still terrible, but it's not as bad as nine. Does 6% require hikes still? What does the Fed need to see to say that we'll go on pause, we'll hold off? Well, the, the, the Fed's going to have to get to about 3% just to kind of live up to what they've told the market they're going to do. And that's uh, very fully priced in to the current term structure of, of interest rates. I mean, what has happened this week is you've seen a profound inversion of the yield curve. The 30 or the 10 year is well below the, uh, the two year. And the 10 year is more a barometer of, you know, long term, what, what is at equilibrium? interest rate and the market is telling you three percent is actually about the speed limit and it doesn't think it can go uh, much be beyond that so in the market's own contorted way it's telling you the inflation problem is about to be dealt with uh in a successful manner now the market's gotten things wrong in the past but uh, i i do think the market is on to something what about uh this mixed message the bond market sends us sometimes where and I'm reminded of uh, last year, it was around the late spring, summer, yields started to come in and the response by many investors and the Fed, more importantly, was that that was a sign inflation was not going to take off. But actually, it seems like in retrospect, bonds were worried and people were buying treasuries uh, for the risk of uh, an economy slowing down. Could that be happening here? Well. Uh, well, you have to ask yourself who was buying treasuries this time last year. Remember, the Fed still had quantitative easing at full tilt uh, this time a year ago, which was a terrible mm. policy mistake. They were buying 100% of mortgage issuance, which was extremely inflationary to the price of, of, of homes. 
Um, you know, I think the biggest risk from here, frankly, is a, a policy error uh, where the Fed, you know, goes too hard or you get some kind of ham-fisted uh, legislation from Washington, although I think the probability of that at the moment is, is fairly low. Uh, that's the biggest risk. The Fed did make a mistake uh, last year. That's well documented. Lots of people could see the inflation building in the system this time a year ago, and they stayed on autopilot, uh, you know, far, far too long. Now things are different. The Fed is not an active buyer of, of anything, right? They're just letting things mature and they're not reinvesting um, all of the principles. So I think you have a more accurate gauge of, of where the market really is. Okay. And so if uh, we are able to get through this from here without any more shock uh, inflation, what do you want to own then? Is this a pivot period then back to the companies that dragged on the way down? Is this a true reversal of trend from the last half a year? Um, I, I think you're at a point where you need to consider a mix of defense and offense, and going with all defense is probably the wrong um, strategy. Just from an environment point of view, I, I do think we're in a regime change in terms of the monetary environment. You know, we we had zero percent interest rates and negative real interest rates for almost all of the time period from 2009 to 2021. And that is ending. I think we're going to have a positive nominal and real interest rate going forward. And that means a lot of the really speculative valuations and speculative business models, I, I don't think those stocks are going to work uh, anymore or, or go back to the glory days. So be very careful there. Uh, getting into real businesses, however, that have earnings and can be supported by their earnings, um, you know, we think a mix of defense and offense is appropriate. Um, we like some, some defense uh, with uh, Verizon, uh, for example, right now, I think is a very interesting stock idea. I know it's boring. I know it's not sexy, but at nine times earnings, uh, with positive earnings growth, their earnings revisions are going up. It's very small. You have to squint to see it, but uh, it, it's happening. Um, and that is that constitutes a, uh, a low multiple tick that has only been reached at the peak of the financial crisis and the peak of the TMT bubble collapse uh, back in the early uh, 2000s. So that's mm. one that we, we like and it acts pretty good. Um, another defensive name that's got a little mix of defense and offense that we like uh, is Intercontinental Exchange. So yeah, they're the owner of the New York Stock Exchange. That's not too important to their business. They have a lot of uh, commodity futures, uh, interest rate swaps, and, and other very liquid and important uh, contracts. So if you're betting on ongoing volatility, um, they should participate in that uh, fairly nicely. It, nicely, It's a good mix of, of aggregate businesses. They have some mortgage servicing in there, which people aren't very enthusiastic about, but, but frankly, that should be a fairly consistent business from, from here also. So those okay. would be my, uh, my defensive picks right now. I like uh, the ICE uh, side of uh, the uh, kind of hybrid pick. It's a pretty interesting uh, play given the exposure to uh, markets themselves and uh, the big uh, trading boom that we had. Does that uh, uh, make it hard for them to beat comps or have we moved out of that kind of COVID comparable period? 
Um, you know, if you're thinking about equities, probably the equity side uh, will stay subdued for a while. But they do a lot of other stuff. Uh, you know, crude oil and energy related futures are, are big for them. I'm, I'm not anticipating uh, a sudden decline in volatility uh, and activity there. You do need to do um, a lot of, of, of hedging in that market. Um, same thing with interest rates and interest rate futures. I, I expect there to be a lot of variability uh, there also. So I, I wouldn't think of it as being, you know, a, a bubble beneficiary uh, per se. We're on to new and, and different things. Got it. Uh, Brian, great analysis. Like the connection right into the stocks. Uh, fits into the logic uh, that you laid out for us. Good to have you back and appreciate the uh, commentary. Great. Thank you. Sure thing. Brian Barish, the CIO and president at Cambiar Investors. ICE and Verizon as two defensive trades with potential uh, to keep growing.